I had the pleasure of working pretty much with every Prime Minister of Israel from Yitzhak Shamir forward. I said to myself, wouldn't it be fantastic if I could own the Twin Towers? We got very, very lucky. The governor of New York, George Pataki, decided one day that maybe it would be good to privatize the ownership of the World Trade Center. So I got a call from the governor's office and they said, would you ever consider owning the World Trade Center? It was very, very good for the family, very good for, for us, and we were very, very fortunate. On the morning of 9-11, I'm getting ready, getting dressed, to go to the dermatologist. I have light-colored hair, light skin. The sun is a disaster for me. I can't take the sun. She said, okay, but you're going to the dermatologist, you're going this morning, and you're not going downtown. We got very, very lucky. And I had an obligation to collect the insurance proceeds from the policies. A new governor was just elected. Elliot Spitzer, an old friend who I knew well. And I said, Elliot, if you don't help me, I'll never collect from the insurance companies. And guess what? He listened and he said, you know what? You're entitled. I'm going to get you the money. And in six months, he got me the four and a half billion dollars. We got very, very lucky. every Latino out of this country, then who is going to be cleaning your toilet, Donald Trump? Oh, that's not... In the sense that, no. you know what I mean? Like, when I'm saying there's that... More, there's more jobs to be... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, wow. Fucking base! Fucking All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us here today. This Wednesday is the 5th of October 2022. I'm Henrik. This is Red Ice TV. And since it is Odin's Day, we're doing no go zone today. Thank you for joining us live or if you're joining us later on in the archives. Well, we appreciate you guys. Uh, if you want to join in today, enter pcm.live slash Red Ice TV. You have it down below in the lower third. If you feel so inclined, we'll read your super chats on the air. Let us know what you think. You can also super chat over at Rumble, where we are going out live, and on Odyssey. We're going out live there as well. You can always watch it live, of course, at redice.tv forward slash live or redicememembers.com uh, as well. I think we'll do a poll or something soon. We're like streaming to like tons of different platforms and all over the place and Telegram and Twitter and all this stuff. Maybe 
people prefer it that way. But frankly, I wanted to try out uh, Rumble and see if we could like uh, get ranked high, you know, with a decent viewership uh, over there. And it's it seems we got decent viewership, but we weren't ranked high over there. So I don't know what's going on. All right. Anyway. It doesn't matter. You can always watch it uh, in post on uh, most of the platforms, of course, uh, where we go out. All right, boys and girls, it's going to be a good show. A lot of things lined up here today. A lot of things going on as usual. We have a little bit of an update on the Nord Stream or some of the stuff that came out here since the uh, uh, Weekend Warrior show that we did. Some uh, news on that. We're also going to talk about OPEC cutting oil production. Perfect timing, of course, because it's not like we're, you know, running high with prices or anything like that. It's not like, you know, we're having an energy crunch or anything like that. No, 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 of course not. So we'll get to that. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about, uh, well, Zelensky's back in the back in the news again. I guess it's more Biden, to be honest, but the uh, the Biden-Zelensky, uh, you know, uh, incestuous relationship, I guess. Uh, more money for Ukraine, if you can believe it. Incredible. Uh, also, Matt Walsh was called out here. I'm not sure if it was from today uh, or a couple of days ago, uh, but we're going to look at that clip. Uh, so it's uh, interesting when uh, they do get called out, right? Uh, all right. And then we have some other stuff. The uh, well, the usual stuff. You know how they try to uh, diddle the kids? You know, that's kind of like a norm normal uh, segment, at least, of uh, most of the shows that we do now because it's just so prevalent. So we have a little bit of an update on that as well. Musk is apparently now moving ahead to buy Twitter. So we'll talk about that uh, and some of the other stuff if we have time, if we can get to it. All right. Lycan Warrior over on Entropy Streams says The Guardian says whiteness poses the greatest threat to U.S. democracy. Well, there you go. What a big, what a big surprise. Why am I not... Uh, why am I not floored <clears throat> by that? It's not like anybody could have guessed it. <clears throat> Thank you for the uh, article like and I appreciate that. How whiteness poses the greatest threat to U.S. democracy. People forget that championing whiteness is what makes Trump powerful. So it's a, it's, I guess it's always got to be pivoting towards the anti-Trump camp, I guess. All right, interesting stuff. We have uh, time for a little bit later. We might go through that in more detail. Thank you, Lycan, for sending that. It was good to see you. Uh, all right, so... I thought we could begin with, and oh, by the way, did you see the opening clip there? That was apparently like the uh, the, the Trump thing and the Mexicans was going to clean his toilet. Is that one of the uh, Osbournes, I guess? They're, they're on the view there. Uh, pretty based, uh, if I say so myself. But uh, <clears throat> oh, well, it's it's funny when they uh, when they put their foot in their own. They're, she's basically just regurgitating the slogans, though. That's the thing, right? They're actually, this is the stuff they're talking about. You know, diversity is our greatest strength. Well, who's going to be doing the jobs? White people don't want to do, you know, and that includes uh, scrubbing the toilets, I guess, I assume. I guess there's no white people anywhere that have shitty jobs, you know? All right. Anyway, <clears throat> let's see here. I wanted to give you guys an update here real quick here on the... Uh, on the situation with the Nord Stream, a former Pentagon advisor has now come out and said that it's likely that the United States are the ones behind the attack uh, on the Nord Stream. It was something like, what was it, 100 kilograms of uh, TNT? That was the speculation. There are some Swedish scientists and Danish scientists that are doing some of the work on the uh, seismology, uh, the seismologists, what do you call it? Uh, the little uh, sensitive apparatus that detect uh, things like earthquakes and, uh, of course, even an explosion if they're big enough. And apparently the uh, it's a little bit rocky right there, close to the island, uh, island of Bornholm. Uh, Den De Denmark uh, is control of that island, as of right now. Uh, and... Um, it's apparently a bit hard to like kind of triangulate that, I guess, to a certain extent, but they're crunching the numbers. We'll see what happens. But of course, we've shown some of the screenshots that it's uh, a lot of evidence for uh, U.S. military activity in the region, including Black Hawk helicopters. We had some air, uh, air uh, flights going through there, too. We even had some of the U.S. military vessels 
so I don't think that's uh, it's not it's the most logical explanation. I guess you know these people for the most I don't apply it every time, but for the most part they apply Occam's razor, right? What's the most plausible theories? Usually the the you know the right one the, they argue, right? And that's how it kind of uh, how the cookie crumbles. Anyway, a guy from the uh, Frank Frankfurt School uh, adopted. Do you get that? Columbia University came on the TV here. I think this is Bloomberg News. And uh, his name is Jeffrey Sachs. He's a, a professor there at uh, Columbia University, the uh, cultural Marxist uh, place. And he uh, dished out some of that. And I guess I didn't like it. Uh, like that. Look at this. Destruction of uh, the Nord Stream pipeline, which I, I would bet was a U.S. action, perhaps U.S. and, and Poland. Uh, this is uh, All right, Jeff. Jeff, we got to stop there. That's a, that's a quite a statement as well. Why do you feel Absolutely. that that was a U.S. action? What evidence do you have of that? Well, first of all, there's direct radar evidence that U.S. Uh, helicopters, military helicopters that are normally based in Gdansk, uh, were uh, circling over this area. We also had the threats from the United States earlier in this year that one way or another, we are going to end Nord Stream. We also have a remarkable statement by Secretary Blinken last Friday in a press conference. Uh, he says, this is also a tremendous opportunity. It's a strange way to, it's, uh, sorry, it's a strange way to talk if you're worried about the piracy on international infrastructure of vital significance. So I know this runs counter to our narrative. It runs, you're not allowed to say these things uh, in, in, uh, in the West. But the fact of the matter is all over the world, when I talk to people, they think the okay. U.S. did it. And just to tell you, and, and by, by the way, even reporters on our papers that are involved tell me privately, yeah, well, of course, but well, it doesn't show up in our, our media. Professor, <laughs> what is does he talk? Is he talking about Columbia University? The papers that they are personally involved in. I mean, there is a long-term pivot here, of course, where like you know the United States needs to be discredited long-term on the international stage. I mean, now it's, at some point it's going to be very popular to wheel out, uh, you know, all the like. I mean, in mainstream circles, like look at all the wars that they you know started and stuff. And it's not that it shouldn't be hauled out. How the discussion should be pivoted is, of course, who uh, who took it in that direction and whose foreign policy uh, that the America has been uh, uh, basically fulfilling when it comes to desires, right, uh, and objectives. Uh, here's that statement by Blinken. L listen to this just to get that clarification here. First, it's important to make clear that uh, these pipelines, that is Nord Stream One and Nord Stream Two, uh, were not uh, pumping gas into Europe uh, at this time. Nord Stream Two never became operational, mm -hmm. as is well known. Nord Stream 1 has been shut down for weeks uh, because of Russia's weaponization of energy. What we've been doing, and we've also been working on this together uh, for many, many weeks, uh, as we saw the Russian aggression in Ukraine and as we saw the uh, ongoing weaponization of energy by Russia, is to work very closely with uh, European partners as well as countries around the world to make sure that there is enough energy uh, on world markets. And so we've significantly increased our um, production as well as um, making available to Europe. Now, now keep that in mind, considering what we're going to talk about next here, the complete lie here. Liquefied natural gas. Um, and we're now the leading supplier of LNG uh, to Europe to help compensate for any uh, gas or oil that it's losing as a result of Russia's aggression against Ukraine. Uh, we've worked to release uh, oil from our strategic petroleum reserve to make sure as well that there was oil on the markets and to help keep prices down. Um, we've engaged with the European Union 
uh, and established months ago a task force. What, what, how? By telling them to fuck off like uh, Victoria, Victoria Newland did? Is that what you're uh, talking about? <laughs> to work directly with Europe on ways to uh, decrease demand uh, to help get through the winter as well as to pursue... Um, you see, when they say these things, they always mean the complete opposite. They're working on making sure that it's uh, restricted, you know, the output, the production is low, that the prices skyrocket, and that as many Europeans will freeze, freeze to death as possible, right? I mean, Germany is probably in the worst situation, but of course this is true for every uh, European uh, country right now. It's insane. So, a complete lie, complete opposite and reversal of what actually happened. Now, of course, I know that Anthony Blinken doesn't control OPEC, but still, uh, on some degree, I think that they're all interconnected and they make you know, plans and schemes and stuff like that. And frankly, can't you're telling me the U.S. can't exert any pressure here and just say, we'll, uh, I don't know, we'll sanction the country. I don't know, anything. Show me anything that they couldn't do technically to go against OPEC or put pressure on them or something like that. So so in this case, they're not doing anything. Biden makes some tweet and is like, oh, this is not bad. Uh, this is bad. You should uh, increase production. Uh, so OPEC, anyway, the uh, oil exporting countries, the uh, what stand for? Or- organization for Petroleum Exporting Countries. Is that what it stands for? Uh, to cut production by 2 million barrels a day. Likely sending gas and oil prices back up. Well, it's not like they've been going down tremendously here over the last couple of uh, weeks. Anyway, here's the uh, one of the clips here from MSNBC uh, reporting on this. All right, now to some breaking news this morning on the global stage. Reuters reporting OPEC and its allies, including Russia, have just agreed to a major cut in oil production aimed at bolstering prices. The move to cut two million barrels of oil a day was announced just moments ago at the gathering of the group in Vienna. For more on this, let's bring in CNBC reporter Frank Holland. Frank, what does this cut mean for gas prices? Let us know, Frank. Hey, good morning, Mika. Well, of course, oil is moving higher on those reports of that major oil production cut by OPEC and its allies. That reported plan to cut two million barrels a day. That would be the biggest since the start of the pandemic. The cuts are expected to move oil prices possibly to $100 a barrel, maybe even higher. That's about a 15% increase from where we are today climate lockdowns, folks. That would, of course, lead to higher gas prices and even higher prices for home heating oil here in the U.S., as many are already grappling with inflation. Regular unleaded, just to give you some perspective, still about 20 percent higher than it was a year ago. Just the expectation of these major cuts have seemingly put the brakes on a two-day rally on Wall Street. The Dow looks like it opened up just about 300 points lower at this point. Also important to note, interest rates also moving higher on questions about the Fed and the thoughts they could either pause or maybe even pivot from their plans to raise rates rates or in their plan to reduce inflation, higher gas prices could just contribute to higher prices and inflation here in the U.S., raising even more questions about our central bank. Whoa. Yeah, your central bank. Uh, And so now what are we looking ahead to? What can we predict given this decision and also the interest, you know, the, the, the raising of interest rates that we are experiencing right now? I'm reading some really scary headlines about the housing market, um, but obviously gas prices and the prices of goods on the top of everybody's minds. 
Yeah, I mean, of course, inflation's on the top of the Fed's mind. It's on the top of the minds of Main Street and all of us as we go to the grocery store or the gas pump. You know what? The one thing that we can predict is a major factor in all this. When will China fully reopen? China's been on COVID lockdowns. Mm -hmm. They're a major oil consumer. One thing, there's a marathon being scheduled in Beijing. A lot of people see that as a sign that China plans to reopen. That would be a major increase in demand that would also be a catalyst to raise prices higher. So certainly something to watch. And of course, that would be perfect right now for Europe, right? Because they, uh, <clears throat> the article I cover from Forbes there basically saying any increased demands from any other country anywhere in the world essentially uh, would cause a uh, shitstorm in Europe, essentially. I think it's uh, they're lining up the pieces just so, right? Uh, Morris, U.S. Uh, liquid uh, natural gas heads to Europe despite output constraints. Remember, there was like scrambling and buying uh, infrastructure, investing in uh, the ports that can like can receive the, the liquid, uh, the LNG, liquid natural gra- gas and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it's this is uh, this is crazy times, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, they couldn't come at a worse time. Uh, now, some people blame Saudi Arabia. And I mean, Depends on how you spin this. I mean, Saudi Arabia has certainly kind of like joined in and become one of the partners. They're very good terms with like Israel these kinds of days. And uh, they're good terms with the with the U.S. for the most part. No one is really going after them for what they're doing in Yemen and stuff like that. So uh, Benny Shapiro's uh, out there says Saudi Arabia helps Russia cut oil output in slight to United States spending prices soaring, uh, it says here. And apparently... One of the guys from Saudi Arabia, not, not that you can take this, you know, 100% or whatever, but he uh, fought back a little bit. One of the Reuters journalists who started kind of, uh, I guess, spreading this. Now, it could very well be true. I'm not going to, you know, it's as always with these things, a lot of ins and outs or, you know, uh, party A joins, uh, blames party B. But uh, that's just kind of like in front of the uh, front of the cameras, a little bit of a theater, if you will. Uh, and meanwhile... While they pretend to being all upset and blame this guy and that guy, we don't get any clear answers, and it kind of just it's left up in the air. And like, oh well, well, you know, they they blame them and they blame them. No one knows really what's going on, but all we know is that prices are higher at the pump now. Uh, and and basically, uh, we in Europe won't be able to heat our homes. So anyway, look at uh, look at the clipper on one of the guy there. I think this is at the OPEC uh, little conference there in Vienna from this morning. Uh, where he uh, <laughs> ends up uh, shitting a little bit on the Reuters journalists. Listen to this. Alex Lawler from Reuters news agency. Um, I had two questions. The so, first is... but no, 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 Alex, I have to talk to you about... So you have got it wrong. Okay. <laughs> and you have got it wrong twice. Before I ask a question, I... And you will get it three, the third time if you... You know, you did... Uh, as Reuters did not do a proper job. You talked about Russia doing this and that. And actually, the day that your story came out, no one from Russia talked to me, nor I talked to anybody from Russia. You repeated that again. See, so this is about spinning it. Blame it all on Russia. It's Putin's fault and uh, leave it at that. that. That's what this is about, right? Shift blame onto Putin and just say it's him doing all this. And most people will be uh, happy with that. With another tale of a story prior to that, that Saudi and Russia, blah, 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 are congregating around the hundred dollar price that is not true we and i spent 20 minutes from one of your respected mem- uh, members of uh, your peer in dubai explaining to her or actually 25 minutes why we don't go as saudi Arabia for price targeting and that 25 minutes went in vain and i really don't like that i acted in a very respectful way emanating from respecting the agency and I think but you elected 
you elected to choose a phantom Saudi source. <laughs> Saucy source, if I can do it as British as I could. <laughs> but if you have question, direct it to others, but not me. I'm not talking to Reuters. Until you respect the source, which is the energy minister on behalf of the Saudi government. Okay, thank you. I won't ask so you will ask the questions to any of my colleagues. Nice. Punked, I guess, the guy from uh, Reuters. The most expect, uh, what is it like? Uh, the most, um, uh, you know, the, the most well-respected reporting news outlet in the world. I guess it's like what between them and like AP or something. But uh, yeah, controlled by the same factions, of course. I'm trying to find that meme that people did with uh, when Biden showed up with the gas can when he went to uh, Saudi Arabia, like begging them, asking for them. The D Daily Wire writes here. With member states such as Iran, you know why they're listing this first here on the Daily Wire. This is, you know what I mean? Such as Iran, Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, Kuwait, and Iraq. OPEC sets petroleum output targets in a bid to control worldwide energy prices. Look, do they have an agenda to, to thrust a dagger maybe in America and Europe and stuff? Sure. I mean, of course, very plausible, right? Ironically, too, the more you choke out, you know, the production, the more more it costs and you still end up, you know, earning a lot, but you, you still have lower output, right? The block account for more than 80% of the world's proven oil reserves with 67, and that's a big one too, by the way, proven oil reserves. There is apparently, uh, what, in like Canada, places like that, there's like enough like oil than ever has been produced uh, so far in human history is alleged, you know, those things like that. But of course, Canada know what they want right now. They want energy dependence. They want us to go over to like this, you know, the green agenda weaved into this. They don't want us to have cheap energy at this point. Uh, it's all part of the agenda 2030, great reset stuff. Um, so anyway, with 67% of that AD coming from Middle Eastern members, Russia has coordinated oil output with OPEC since 2016. Uh, the news comes as relations between the U.S. and Saudi Arabia, long considered a key economic ally in the Middle East, are strained due to President Joe Biden calling the nation a pariah during the 2020 election cycle, an accusation that stems from the 2018 murder of the Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi, who had, <coughs> who had been a critic of Saudi rulers. Uh, during a visit to the Islamic Kingdom three months ago, Biden touted the need to ensure adequate supplies of energy to meet global needs. Though he did not speci specifically mention oil, many have speculated that encouraging higher output in response to elevated price in the United States was a primary factor behind Biden's visit. But of course, that didn't happen. And now they're choking it out. And now they're basically saying, uh, F you, big surprise, right? Why am I not surprised? This is how it goes. There's, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like so much oil out there. We have like no idea. Uh, some people speculate that it's abiotic, meaning it's not produced or um, created, I guess, in the sense that the mainstream science tells us, you know, all these things are up in the air right now and it is what it is. None of us is controlling it, but uh, you never know. And it just reminded me of this. I quickly just mentioned how how Sweden is reporting on stuff like this, right, because of the energy crunch. Here's a translated version of the story from Expressen. Uh, Russian energy offensive calling Swedish companies is the headline here. Uh, translation might be a little wonky, but it, it's this perfect look how everything can be pinned on Russia, just to continue to emphasize that point. The high energy prices are Russia's heaviest weapon against Europe this winter. 
Well, it looks like after the Nord Stream pipeline, the dependency on the U.S. is bigger. And of course, now any dependency or relationship between Europe and Russia has been severed so that they will play ball with the U.S., right? That's what I'm seeing going on here. And they say here, Sweden can count on a Russian winter offensive during the coldest months. The goal is to influence Swedish public opinion. That's right. So that's where you should... Dangerous memes from uh, the Kremlin uh, about how uh, uh, it's, it's, it's getting cold in Sweden. And so they're trying to like kind of steer people's attention to that. Like as you're freezing, keep in mind that... Putin and the Kremlin is trying to make you make you make it difficult for you that you're experiencing this 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 the coldness you're experiencing is because of like bad decisions by European leaders. That's not really what's going on. What really is going on is that it's Putin that is behind this. That, that's what you need to focus on. So anyway, they wheeled out the press uh, manager uh, at the Agency for Psychological Defense. Uh, part, I guess technically part of the Swedish military, I believe. Maybe it's a sub, uh, like slightly above that or, or adjacent to it at least. He said, um, that guy from that, Mikkel Östlund, says, we need to prepare for attempts to influence information from now on and during the winter. It's, it's incredible how, like, these are the issues. <laughs> Focus on that. You know, that's what they're doing when they come up with stories like this. Keep track of the outside temperature and electrical bills. There you have an indicator of what may happen this winter from the Russian side in terms of attempts to influence Swedish opinion. If you don't like freezing to death, you're pro-Putin shill. That, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm seeing here. This is a look. This is just one little article from one Swedish, but it's it's funny to watch how they drive this narrative. Russia is going to create an energy crisis in Europe, said Norwegian Prime Minister. <laughs> what the fuck? The cold. I mean, look. Okay, they benefit from from this maybe to a certain extent. No, actually, no. I, no, they they did that up to the point where the Nord Stream was destroyed because now it's like okay. How are you going to get it to Europe otherwise? You're going to do it by boat or like same way as LNG or something, you know what I mean? They had that over them. They had that little like, okay, just, just you know, drop the sanctions, uh, become a little bit more neutral in the conflict in Ukraine, and we'll flip the switch back on. That That's out of the question, all right? The colder it gets with higher electri- electricity bills, the greater the risk of Russian influence operations. It's about uh, It is about actions too, among other things, Try to break down resistance to the sanctions that have hit Russia. Energy has come up as an interesting issue when it comes to identifying vulnerabilities in the West and Sweden. Yeah, you think? You think that could be a a point of dependency? (sighs) How can it happen? It's via social media and state-controlled channels that the majority of information influence works. Yeah, that's not true for, like, Swedish public uh, television and radio. (laughs) And all the outlets are getting money from the government, too, by the way. Spread uncertainty and reduce interests in make, man, maintaining sanctions against Russia due to the war in Ukraine. According to Mikhail Ostund, Russia is trying to drum up a certain image of Sweden. <laughs> like, you, you guys did that all on your own. 100%. You know, first they fold to the green agenda of, like, decommissioning the nuclear power plants. Then they fold, fold to the green agenda of doing away with other sources of energy, you know, such as oil and coal power plants and stuff. While, of course, China is building more ones of these than ever, right? And now it's like, you know what? You should look, you should watch out for Russian influence campaigns when, when you can't heat your home and electricity, you know, prices skyrockets. Anyway, I'm not going to go through the AI here. RT is dangerous, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, do they have their own agenda? Yeah, of course, you know, of course. But it's like, but to, to assume that you're any better? All right. Anyway, so this is crazy. Now, of course, you know, Sweden's joining NATO. 
bunch of dumbasses. It's going to get even worse. Okay. Um, so quick mention of this too here with the nuclear scare. We had a little bit of an update here a couple of days ago. Uh, nuclear, nuclear weapons convoy sparks fear that Putin could be preparing to test to send signal to the West. Now they're talking about, what was it again, the Black Sea? That that's one area they were talking about, just a general test. Some people said that they will do it in the region. So apparently, you know, Ukraine has gained back some territory that initially was uh, lost to Russia. And it's kind of odd and strange. I mean, it's hard to tell. Is morale good? Is it not in Russia? What about these 200,000 new uh, recruits, uh, reserves from the military reserves? Are they going to have bad morale? Are they not going, wanting to fight? We've, we've seen some that indicates that that might be the case, at least among some of them. And so if you watch some of the mainstream videos like Channel 4 in the UK or even The Guardian, there's some other sources in the US as well that drive this kind of narrative that like, Russia's doing badly, they're losing, uh, morale is low, and they're talking about how they just kind of upend, walked out of their tanks and stuff like that, and they're just boiling it down to like ineptitude, like, oh, look, they didn't, they don't even know how to get fuel. I mean, some, in some cases, some of their uh, resources and uh, resupply uh, points have been hit by uh, Ukraine, uh, and so, of course, you do have a problem. It's, it's war. It's not just, uh, you know, as easy as uh, pie here. Uh, there are some difficulties, and and one side is trying to uh, you bomb you. So so I understand that. So sure, maybe they ran out of gas, right? But it's almost like this: are they pulling back in this area intentionally, and then they will like drop nukes here or something to like try to like put a nail in the the, the coffin here? I I don't know. But of course, at that point, it could escalate. I mean, to insane levels. Uh, it says here anyway: train operated by secretive nuclear division spotted in central Russia heading towards the front line in Ukraine. And uh, it was a Twitter here, so apparently one of the uh, trains here um, with some of the nuclear uh, armaments here, I guess, a military convoy traveling through central Russia. Uh, that's what they claim it is, is it? Maybe maybe it's not. Okay, here, let me see here. Um, Konrad Muzyaka, defense analyst specializing in Ukraine, said the 12th Directorate operated a dozen central storage facilities for nuclear weapons. This is actually a kit belonging to the 12th Main Directorate of the Russian MOD. The Poland-based analyst said the Directorate is responsible for nuclear munitions, their storage, maintenance, transport, and uh, issuance to units. Uh, Dr. Muzyaka said it could be a signal or signaling uh, to the West that Moscow is escalating. However, the experts stress that the video is in no way sh uh, showing preparations for a nuclear release. All right. Anyway, so they're they're driving this real high. But, you know, at some point I could kind of imagine like, uh, you know, the global elite whipping this up and getting as close as, as they need to uh, to scare the living shit out of people. And then at the final at the final moment, they'll they'll come in with some kind of solution. We'll see. Right? There's a lot of questions about this, but. Uh, good to be aware of, of uh, how they're drumming this up right now. Black Philip over on Entropy says, uh, Henrik, once again, you're right. There is a theory petroleum is a natural occurring substance and not just made of dead dinosaurs. It is really crazy rabbit hole if you choose to follow this. Yes, uh, it should be some stuff, I think, on YouTube about that. I haven't looked for it in a while, but yeah, search for like abiotic oil. It's apparently one of them. I mean, it just bubbles like up to the... I mean, it, look, it, there's pressure, internal pressure in the earth. It does that anyway. But apparently there's some reserves that are like massive. Uh, but of course, again, they have to drive that. You, you think about it. Cheap, available 
energy where you don't have to go down like deep under like deep underwater wells to drill in complicated ways look some people have even argued that the deep horizon uh the the uh, ineptitude and and obvious like kind of cheating the whole thing around that was in some way orchestrated in order to get the world to see like well we can't do deep sea drilling anymore we got to get off of oil this is no good blah 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 right we, we, you never know you never know and so if you would have access to um, cheap um, gas and oil and all these things, well, that means less dependency, less control. Ultimately, that's what it boils down to. It's about control at the end of the day. And you control with the help of resources and basically demand and threatening people and things like that and threatening nations, threatening territories, regions, people, whatever you need to do. And basically say, oh, that's it. We're, we're shutting it off. I mean, you could say, you know, it's a, it's a high game of, you know, high risk game to play, right? When you begin to like deal with people's uh, uh, calories, so to speak, when you begin to meddle with the food supply and uh, creating uh, shortages, maybe artificially and in some cases, maybe sure through like ineptitude, you run a, a really big risk of like having a, a violent bloody revolution on your hands uh, very, very quickly. But then at the same time, Reasonably, it could also be this, well, we got some stuff here for you, but you have to obey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, we can fix this. Look, we'll give you maggots short term. And then we have this new wonderful global government and this fourth industrial revolution that you can go through. And uh, once you submit to that, we'll, we'll give you, you, you live, right? Kind of thing. You, you could see how it could be potentially used. It's a big, big you know, gamble again. I recognize that. But you never know. These guys seem to be on some timeline and they have to do this real, real quick. They're moving fast as, as crazy right now. And for some reason, don't ask me why, but before 2030, they need to have the majority of some of this stuff in place. And that could very well come through threats and blackmail and artificially created shortages and, and a complete demolition, essentially, of our energy and food supply. So we'll see. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Archie says, uh, friends of science posted worlds apart about hydrogen fuel. It isn't fuel. It's an energy carrier. The partnership between Germany and Canada was discussed. Germany needs liquefied natural gas, not hydrogen. Oh, really? Okay, interesting. Friends of science. Is that on Twitter? I'm going to check that out. Interesting. Fuel isn't fuel. It's an energy carrier. Well, I guess I guess that's true, right, in the sense that it doesn't... Um, you doesn't you don't spend it right you it just it just converted to something else uh that makes sense i mean in this case you you combust it right if it's oil or petroleum and then the output is of course uh, uh, a, a propellant right it, it it makes a vehicle move or a cogs and machine move you know pistons ultimately and uh, yet another byproduct of that is the heat the noise the wa water vapor carbon dioxide these kinds of things right is it monoxide going on anyway maybe it's both okay Thank you, Archie. I got to search uh, search for that term, see where, where that is. Black Phillips says, also have been red-pilling normies that electric cars right now aren't the way to go and not very green. That's right. There is a promise on hydrogen-powered cars that the Japanese are working on that is real green. Look, I remember seeing, I don't know if this is on Google still. This is years ago. We talked about some of the so-called free energy type devices and, and things like this and Apparently, there were motorboats developed by French uh, inventors that was running on the water that it was riding on, essentially. Look, so was a possibility. All that was junk and bullshit. There was even, I remember, there was even 
And this is an interesting point because, I mean, now is certainly the time to have innovation and new things coming to market or presenting these as a viable option instead of creating this dependency. It actually could be a very good thing of sorts. Again, it's very dangerous. I think it's unnecessary, but it is what it is. This has nothing to do with, you know, limiting the rise of temperatures on the Earth or anything like that. This is not nothing to do with 1.5 degrees. The officials will tell you that, but that's not what this is about. It's about control. All right. But I remember seeing wheels that were had holes in them in such a way that they, they, they funneled water in through this wheel. The wheel started spinning and they, it had these holes in it in specific places, which caused the water to rapidly heat up something with the friction, something with the exact you know geometry of the of the shape of the holes on this metal wheel or whatever, which caused the water to just like boom instantaneously like be uh, steam essentially, right? Which then the people said, well, and that consequently, then you can do exactly what you do with a nuclear power plant. You basically boil, you boil water. That's what a nuclear power plant does, which drives a turbine, which generates the, uh, you know, uh, the, the energy, the electricity. Apparently, there's tons of these kinds of things out there, like cheap things, available things. But nothing has never really moved on this front. Some people speculate that even some of the people that uh, apparently, allegedly, developed some of this, such as uh, look up Stanley Meyer and the water-powered car. You know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is bullshit. It's very hard to tell. Uh, but I think there's a lot of other ways out there that we haven't thought about yet uh, that we can actually generate, uh, uh, extract energy and then generate electricity, essentially. Uh, that was apparently one of them. And look, they said that he was killed, he was taken out. Uh, but anyway, now is the time. I mean, it, it is interesting. At the, the time of great need, uh, that is when ingenuity really you know, kicks in and sparks. And maybe, maybe we don't even need the ingenuity anymore. Maybe we just need someone to like speak up about it and tell, tell the world what they have, right? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. All right, let me see this one here over on was an odyssey leroy dumont says dr thomas gold came up with the abiotic oil theory is that what his name was yeah yeah i recognize that okay cool thank you uh so i guess people can search for that too dr thomas gold is that goldberg no i'm just joking okay um so speaking of russia and uh, ukraine and all that stuff here's a uh, selensky's uh, official ukraine government account here uh thank you potus President Joe Poopy Pants Pedo Biden for a substantial support for Ukraine, including a new 625 million United States dollar security assistance package. As usual, we had a meaningful phone call today. Our victories within the ongoing defense operation are a joint success of Ukraine, America, and the entire free world. Yes. Funny, someone had a narrative, sh a narrative shift in blue and yellow before the Ukraine crisis. The Guardian, welcome to Ukraine, the most corrupt nation in Europe. <laughs> After Ukraine, Ukraine crisis, the fight for Ukraine is a fight for liberal ideas. And then you have some of the stuff with the Nazi problem, as of, right? That's always that classical. Vox as a Ukrainian comedian turned president in embroiled, is embroiled in, a, in Trump's impeachment, impeachment mess. And then CNN says, Ukrainians are giving two lessons in democracy that Americans have forgotten. <laughs> New Europe, Ukrainian president's rules becomes increasingly corrupt authoritarian. And the Washington Post, Zelensky, the TV president turned war hero. Yes. Um, 
yeah. So basically, something to keep in mind here, too. I mean, you guys know that Zelensky is Jewish. We've talked about that before. Uh, Jews behind Russia-Ukraine war to form new Jewish state, claims an Islamic scholar. According to memory, Marawi Nazar said that the West has forsaken the Jews because the Zionist project will fail in two years. That's a that's an interesting spin to it. Okay. The Jews are the ones behind the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and their goal is to create a new Jewish state to replace the failing Zionist project of Israel. Really? Is it the great the Greater Israel Project? We've talked about that, right? Setting that. No, actually, I'm sorry. The New Jerusalem Project. That's what they call it, right? In the in Ukraine, like Kazaria, rebuilding that and all that stuff. This is a different spin on it, though. I haven't, I haven't heard of it this way. Uh, this is uh, a Palestinian Islamic scholar, Marie Nazar, that claimed this on one of his programs there. Um Nazar, whom memory identified as a secretary general of the Jerusalem Committee of the International Union of Muslim Scholars, made his claims on March 22nd. Okay, that's a while ago now then. Is this? Okay, it's from April. That's right. Anyway, so it says here uh, in the story, the sacrifice of Ukrainian Jewry would include Ukrainian, Ukraine's president, Vladimir Zelensky, Prime Minister Denis Zhmyhal, and Defense Minister Alexei Reznikov, all whom are Jewish. So apparently these are late, later point appointees, I guess. Um, Denis Shmihal is a Ukrainian politician and entrepreneur who is the current Prime Minister of Ukraine since 2020. Prior to his appointments as Prime Minister, Shmihal was the governor of Iva- Ivano-Frankist Oblast and the acting Vice Prime Minister, blah, blah, blah. Then you have Oleksiy Yuryov Reznikov is a Ukrainian lawyer and a politician who served as the Minister of Defense of Ukraine since November 4th, 2021. So right right before shit started to, uh, starting to happen. All right. And then you have uh, this guy here, Andrei Yermak, uh, who's also Jewish, is a Ukrainian film producer lawyer and current head of the presidential administration and the the ukrainian president vladimir zelensky appointed him on the 11th of february 2020 so also uh, not too uh, long ago a uh, film producer something to keep in mind uh when uh, when you uh, look at these things it's like i saw a video and one guy was talking about that like you know it's like it would be like, you know, I mean, imagine that, you know, and we'll get to Matt Walsh in a bit because it ties in with that too, right? This unwillingness to just like, well, hmm, really? So Zelensky is Jewish, appointing all these other uh, people that are Jewish around him? Is that is that odd or, or what, you know? And it's like, you know, you can make a comparison. Like you have, a, you know, France all of a sudden appoints... Uh, uh, you know, just a bunch of Hungarians or something to, you know, somehow the Hungarian becomes a president and then he appoints the minister of defense. He appoints the, pri- the pre- prime minister of it. Uh, he appoints all these other uh, positions underneath the presidency to handle, you know, the campaigns, uh, to handle the administration, basically like chief of staff type positions, right? <laughs> it's like, all right, I don't know. This this could be interesting, right? And of course, you have all these other stories too that we uh I think we highlighted them a while back, but it's good to, to uh, relitigate some of this here. Ukraine asks Israel for a $500 million loan. The request came in 
An official letter sent by the Ukrainian ambassador to Israel, uh, Yegev Kornichuk, to Prime Minister Naftali Bennett's office in Jerusalem. I try to find anywhere if they actually were did lend the money. I couldn't find squat. Nothing. Maybe I have to go to like, uh, you know, Hebrew sources or something. I don't know. Uh, Zelensky NATO explained how Ukraine could become a big Israel. Remember this? We've talked about some of these in the past. Why Zelensky's dream of Ukraine becoming big Israel makes Moscow nervous. <laughs> All right. And then you have the World Bank here to uh, finish this little portion off here. No? Don't we have that? Where did that go? Let me pull that up real quick. Here it is. World Bank. Just a few days ago here. Check this out. World Bank mobilizes an additional 530 million in support to Ukraine. This is just, uh, you know, five, six days ago or so here. The World Bank today announced an additional 530 million to help the government of Ukraine meet urgent needs created by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. <sighs> United Kingdom gave 500 million. Kingdom of Denmark, 30. What the fuck? 30. I mean, it's what the fuck with any country, but like Denmark, 30 million? All right. Okay. Uh, can't make it up, folks. <clears throat> All right. So let's go over to Matt Waltz, right? Speaking of uh, <clears throat> Jewish influence, he was called out here today by a based guy. Uh, now the context, I assume I didn't, I haven't watched this whole thing. He has at a, at a uh, young American uh, foundation or whatever it's called, uh, meeting here or uh, conference, and I assume they're talking about the gender thing and the trans uh, promotion to kids, the LGBTQ, pr uh, you know, promotion in schools and things like this. And then this is what happens when it's uh, question time. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing today? How are you? Good, how about you? I just asked him, my bad. My name's, my name's Josh, and so you said it yourself that powerful institutions are at play here, and there's a coordinated effort to spread this parasitic ideology. So I have a question for you. Are you willing to name the group behind this? Because behind all these institutions, there seems to be a Cohen, a Berg, a Stein. So I have a Ooh, shit. Bruh. question for you. What are your thoughts on the Jewish influence about on gender ideology yeah i hear the boo the boo okay it is uh, it is uh gender ideology okay he clarified that i i didn't catch that uh, earlier in listening to it smash with smash with <laughs> am i gonna do anything about the jews is what you're asking me <laughs> no he's asking you uh, will you point out that many of them are Jewish and that there is Jewish influence in the LGBTQ uh, movement and the promotion of it. That's what he's asking. So he immediately has to ridicule the thing. Oh, you, you're asking me if I'm going to gas Jews? Is that what you're at? Is that what you're saying? It's, that's go to go to line immediately. One thousand percent dishonest. If these were if these were Muslims, if this was Muslims doing all that stuff, they would have been immediately calling this out. It would be front page news on 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 Daily Wire almost daily. It's like Saudi, the Muslims in Saudi Arabia are pushing, you know, uh, transition on uh, on American kids or something like that, right? You're, you're, am I going to do anything about the Jews? Is what you're asking me? Uh, no. Uh, okay. Yeah, he says that. I didn't say that. 
That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, are you going to call out those people and talk about who's really behind this, some of this stuff, right? Do I need to dignify that with a further response, do you think? Or? No, let's, let's, let's just not address it. Um. Hard one to follow. <clears throat> Actually not. It's, uh, as usual, it's low-hanging fruit. Uh, now, speaking of that, of course, Matt Walsh uh, is is very good in most cases on on low hanging fruit. You know he was great in the what uh, what makes a, a woman or what's it called again? What is a woman, <laughs> right? Uh, but frankly, it's one of the most like kind of simpleton things to discuss. It's sad that we're at the point where we need to address that. Uh, it's nothing wrong with addressing that. But if you are going to address that, why not just uh, uh, t t talk about it, right? Uh, openly and and talk about who's behind it. The pivot is always this: like, well, you say, well, in America, it's only it, you know, it's John Money and it's uh, K K I almost said Kaczynski, uh, Kin Kin Alfred Kinsey, right? Um, but when he does that, he basically uh, dismisses the roots of it. And it's not. I, I would even I would even grant Matt Walsh of just like. You know what? I yeah, there's some names there. I've noticed that, uh, but but surely we can't uh, throw a blanket over an entire group. That would be or so, even even that. I would be like, all right, at least it recognized that it was like, yeah, there's some people that are Jewish that are pushing this stuff. You know what I mean? And of course, if you go back to the actual root history of it, he, again, he begins with Kinsey and money to white guys. Uh, but they were not the uh, progenitors of that. They took some of that to America. They did some things there. I mean, um, uh, not Kinsey, but Money. He's from he's from New Zealand, at least originally. I think he did some work in the U.S. and Canada, right? Uh, where he did the uh, the Canadian uh, brothers there. I forget their names now. But it was uh, Magnus Hirschfeld. I've talked about this before again, but you know now the clip is up there. And Matt has been called out here and an opportunity to just say, yeah, I noticed that too. I know Magnus Hirschfeld in, uh, you know, in Germany. He started these things. He was uh, you know, behind the, uh, uh, the group called World League for Sexual Reform uh, back, in, back in Berlin. Uh, you know, tw 20s and things like this, right back in the 20s. Then, of course, you had Weimar follow-up. You had other doctors coming in who ha just happened to be Jewish, right? Felix Abraham, Ludwig Levy-Lenz. We talked about some of those uh, or highlighted some of those in the video that uh, Lana made on that. It's actually up at RedHouseMembers.com. It's one of the, one of the uh, more recent, uh, excellent ones that you have to check out, by the way. This here, check that out. That's worth a membership alone. The dark and perverted. Let me show you that. Where are we here? There we are. The dark and perverted roots of gender ideology. Now, Lana goes actually to the root of the issue and addresses the kind of things that Matt Walsh, the fraud, will never talk about. He'll never highlight this because, of course, he's not going to, you know, bite the hand that feeds him, right? He's working for Ben Shapiro at the Daily Wire, and it's like, hello, I'm, I'm Ben, okay? I'm Jewish, okay? I'm Jewish. If you don't know, I'm Jewish. And Jews can never do anything wrong, okay? You can never criticize Jews. Jews, if you criticize Jews, it's anti-Semitic, okay? That's the stance, right? You Like, okay, you don't have to be, you know, psychotic about it. <laughs> just like, just mention it. Like, yeah, there's a, yeah, I've noticed that too. There's quite a few Jews there. Yeah, what do you think? Is that uh, what is it? Is it a religion now, or is it a race? Is, is it a motivation? What what what's that? That oh, I'm gonna you know Matt Walsh gonna tell us about the Noahide laws and and like how that ties into it or, or whatever. You know? <laughs> I mean, or it's just like well, kind of like Ben Shapiro said 
when he went on Lana's show many years ago now, it's a funny interview, when Lana brought up uh, basically, well, there's so many Jews in Hollywood. What's that about? Well, they're not real Jews. They're just they're just left-wing Jews. Remember that? It's all in the member section. Check it out. Um, <laughs> and that's dishonest. I mean, let, let, let's face it. If, if this was Muslims doing this, um, I mean, a, any group that's doing it should be called out. Absolutely, 100%. Any group that's doing this, call them out. And it's like, yes, it's not only that at every step of the way. Of course, there's some white liberals, there's non-whites pushing some of this stuff, and they're in positions here and there or whatever. But the the inception point was like Weimar Germany. you know. And then, of course, for no reason whatsoever, something happened in Germany after that. Kind of a backlash in response to some of the crazy depravity that we saw in Weimar. And the uh, immense overrepresentation of a certain ethnic group, <clears throat> no, not the eternal Anglos uh, that uh, that Putin talked about, uh, but actually by Anglos in Europe. But, you know, Germanic, you get my point. Uh, but anyway, check out this one. It's really good. It's like a mini doc. It's like uh, almost 20 minutes in and of itself. It details a whole whole shebang. Head on over to RedIceMembers.com, support our work. Check out that video. Very important stuff. Deals with all the stuff that uh, Matt Walsh, the fraud, will never touch. And uh, sets everything in context and stuff like that. And they'll continue to deny this. They'll continue to just add, ah, that's, that's silly nonsense. That's anti-Semitic. We doesn't even merit an answer because on the face of it, this is silly. And, and then it's like, okay, so, so just because you mention this or criticize, then it's like they have this, even if they would recognize that, that it would, well, then it would lead to cattle cars immediately. It would be concentration camps next. And it's kind of like, uh, should we play that? Let's play that again. Let, let me play that again. Um, here it is. Steven Crowder. You guys remember this? It, it's a perfect tie-in here because we're talking about like, you know, Matt Walsh, it's Conservative Inc., it's Daily Wire, Steven Crowder, uh, Dave Rubin, Prager U, all these outlets that are still there. They're still on YouTube. They're still doing their stuff. They're still there to act as the little steam valve, never really get to the problem, uh, the root of the problem. Um, you know, people criticize us for like, you know, sometimes like a lack of, uh, you know, solutions to, to some of the problems. I think we're reiterated quite extensively in terms of what we need to do, form community, prepare for what's coming. We need to, uh, spread, you know, our, our version of events and our, the truth, obviously, right. But the truth of how things go, which is our version in this case, uh, of who did this to us, what we need to do to stand up on our legs again, letting go of white guilt, uh, stopping all the anti-white madness, if you're in a country that you can do it, maybe put your pull your kids out of public school, organize, network. You know, we talk about these things all the time. But conservative ink is like, you can never, and I'll play the clip and you'll get what I mean here, putting this in context. As soon as you begin to discussing, well, okay, well, all these anti-white policies, right? Or open border, mass immigration. You know, the Daily Wires recognize this. Steven Crowder recognized this. But as soon as you begin talking about solutions, what you potentially should do about this, immediately they go on the offensive and they attack you and they say this is immoral. So listen to this clip here. It's regarding the woman that was elect, elected uh, in Italy, uh, Maloney, Georgia, Georgia, was it Georgia? Giorgino Maloney. Um, and how he has to prove that she's not an ethno-nationalist because that's really, really bad. Listen to this here. Uh, the way people are covering Italy. Have you been seeing this? The shrieking? Mm -hmm. Have you seen it, Crawdaddy, this morning on CNN? Yes. Like, oh, far yeah. right wing. Far. Because, look, you don't want to be caught flat-footed if you're supporting someone who, let's say, is an actual, I don't know, ethno-nationalist. Don't worry. That's not what's happening. It's totally fine. Don't, don't worry. It's totally, totally fine. fine. Because, look, you don't want to be supporting someone who, let's say, is an actual, I don't know, ethno-nationalist. 
you can totally be happy that Italy has decided to reject uh, globalist liberalism. All right. Globalist liberalism. Okay. Like, look, it's fine. I don't mind the term or whatever. But okay. But what do you, pres- what do you propose should be done with it then? Uh, he's right that the, the Maloney is not an ethno-nationalist. And even that term is frankly kind of silly because nationalism comes from the root, uh, you know, nation, obviously. Uh, nation, which is the you know uh, an origin point, a root. Was that what the exact uh, uh, translation was? It basically it's it's equivalent with the idea of like, well, a nation is is an ethnos. That it's the, it's I'm not saying exactly the same thing, you know, but it's like you can't you can't have one without the other. Technically, as the word means, right? Of of nation, right? A nation is based on a people and a group. But anyway, it's fine. I don't care. It, it, you know, everyone knows. Mo- most people know what he means when he says that, and it's this idea that. The evil, therefore, that have been done to the West by these people, you know, and again, he calls them global globalist liberals, right? Right at that the end. The globalist liberals, liberalism. The evil that has been done by them to us, against us, in our own nations is, wait a minute, you're saying we can't reverse any of the stuff that they have done? We can't fight back. We can't organize. We as Europeans and white people can never, ever undo something that was done to us. Because that, what I, when I think of the term is, all right, they would start controlling their borders. They would start looking after their own people. They maybe would be discussing things like repatriation. It's, it's this, now he freaks out about people further to the right of him the same way that the people he criticizes in this clip freak out about a Marconi, uh, Marconi, uh, Maloney, right? The, the Italian woman. Like, they're unreasonable, they're crazy uh, for saying that she's a fascist ethno-nationalist because you don't want to be supporting that, of course. Okay, what do you propose then? More liberal freedom stuff and sitting on your hands? Whatever, right? It's this idea that it's the dishonesty is immediately that it would lead to cattle cars and concentration camps and genocide. It's like this, are you retarded? Are Are you saying that Europeans and white people have no ability to justly and orderly and, uh, you know, in, in, in a fair way, just say, look, you know, things were done to us. We didn't want this. We were never asked. We're going to have a referendum on if you want to restore and reverse some of the immigration, things like that. Right. And then it's like, OK, so the, the people don't want as, as just one example to a solution that, that would involve someone who's looking out for the nation and the people, therefore, of that nation. No, it would immediately just be a bloodbath and this retarded way of saying like, so they can, they can, they can lobby for decades, these people to have our borders opened, these, the, from business people, because they want cheap labor to the far left have all, you know, joined up and, and lobbied for this, right? Big business seeks cheaper labor. Some of them seeks, seeks replacement as well. Uh, the far left obviously seeks replacement in order to divide the nation and things like that. But, oh, no, it's a, that's just what it is now. We can't, we can't touch it. Can't do anything about it. That's just what it is. Okay, really? Is that it? <laughs> Who's going to sit here on our ass and do nothing and slowly being replaced while our kids are becoming minorities in our own countries? Screw that shit. Oh, more freedom as we're being replaced and as more violence is aimed toward us. Really? <sighs> so it's always this cartoonish way that they present these things and like, well, you know, it would just be uh, misery re- immediately. Okay, well, wh- what should we do then? You know, Crowder. I didn't even intend to talk about this, but there's like perfect example here of the someone like Matt Walsh 
Steven Crowder, and they're all still on the big platforms, and it's not me complaining. It's just that it's this obvious, like, you know, Susan Wojcicki is like, Ben Shapiro will meet the guidelines. Oh, will he now? So you always know that he's going to meet the guidelines? Yeah, because certain content requires us to have, uh, you know, users or content creators to meet the guidelines. And and that's obviously Ben Shapiro. So, oh, no, 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 we don't want, no, no, we don't want any, anyone looking after the people in these countries, right? You know, has, stick it to globalist liberalism. But no, no, don't do anything about the damage that they've done. For Christ's sake, don't, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Don't talk about that. That's how absurd it is, right? And then, of course, what happened here after this uh, little clip here with Matt Walsh uh, on the Daily Wire, because the whole framing here was, of course, um, the tranny uh, agenda, essentially, LGBTQ agenda, pushing this on children, you know, all that crazy stuff. So you have a guard, a segment now, a guard of that of the conservative right wing. Most of them are MAGA. I assume most of them are. Uh, They're criticizing this. And that's great to, to keep doing that. that. That they do very well. And, and I like that. On the nationalistic front, they're not good at all. It's always this continuous deflection and disinformation about what, what it would mean and how it would be. You know, bad if uh, if you actually reverse some of the the insane uh, anti-white uh, you know genocidal policies that have been inflicted on us and our people for decades now. Oh, we can't do anything about it. But so anyways, the Daily Wire had this here: American Medical Association pushes the Department of Justice. Hmm, who's behind the Department of Justice again? Merrick Garland. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm, but it's nothing to do with anything though. But anyway, so the American Medical Association is pushing the Department of Justice to investigate and prosecute those who call out gender surgeries online. Three major American medical institutions wrote a letter to the Biden administration this week urging it to go after major figures online who are promoting content that exposes some of the radical gender surgeries that are being offered at some places across the country. The medical, the American Medical Association, American Academy of Pediatrics, and Children's Hospital Association all signed the letter to U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland, a totally a <clears throat> white guy, urging the administration to investigate the organizations, individuals, and entities that it claimed were coordinating and provoking outrage online directed at those providing the controversial services. Now, of course, this is insane and uh, i mean the weaponization of these agencies we've talked about that in past shows is completely out of control but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens because i said a while ago that like if if someone like matt walsh can continue completely unrestricted in some way to you know to kind of talk about this with the, the, the gender surgeries and stuff like that. Uh, that'll be fascinating because I, I even said back then, and, and it's not to like say that he's wrong on those issues because he's right on, on, on those issues. But I was, I, I think he's, if I see the trajectory here, Craig, he will lose, they will lose bank accounts. Uh, potentially that this will be like, as we said, criminalized now. They'll be trying to go after, after these people. Uh, kind of the things that have happened to to people like us, right? De, you know, debanked. We're losing credit card processors. All these crazy things. We can't, you know, we're banned from a lot of the social media platforms and things like that. Not all of them. You know, Twitter is not really the only big one left that we're still on. 
and we get we'll get to that Musk buying that later on and what that potentially could mean actually going through that purchase now uh, but we'll see what happens and if they don't at the same time that would be very interesting because that means that they've reached a, a kind of a level where like no this is these are these are your your uh, you, you, this is your controlled opposition right I mean I feel that way already but that would kind of cement that uh, but I think it might be an issue by issue basis uh, so when it comes to like actual nationalism or let's say reversing policies, then then they're not good. They're just like, oh, we just need to, uh, you know, you know, uh, all these non non European people are coming into European nations. They're natural conservatives. We just have to, you know, with free speech, we'll just conserve, uh, you know, convert everyone to conservatives. And I kind of like, yeah, that's chances of that are pretty pretty low. Okay, but so on this issue, it looks like they're gonna starting to go after them. Uh, but again, it's too early to tell. We'll see. From Boston to Akron to Nashville to Seattle, children's hospitals, academic health systems, and physicians are being targeted and threatened for providing evidence-based health care. <laughs> the letter obtained by the Manhattan Institute's Christopher Rufo. That's right. He's another one of those guys, right? Great on the gender stuff. On the other things, no, he's horrible. Uh... These attacks have not only made it difficult and dangerous for institutions and practices to provide this care. That's right. We're, we're helping. We're here to care for the young ones. That's all this is about. If we can't shut up, chop off the penis and sell these, this crazy gender uh, you know, uh, policy to, uh, to kids, well, all hell's breaking loose. And we got to start arresting people that's, that's, uh, that's making people angry about this. These attacks have not only made it difficult, uh, I mentioned that, uh, they've also disrupted many other services to families seeking care. The letter claimed that medical personnel have faced increased threats via social media and that there was elevated and justifiable fear among families, patients, and staff. These coordinated attacks threaten federally protected rights to health care for patients and their families. The attacks are rooted in an intentional campaign of disinformation where a few high-profile users on social media share false and misleading information targeting individual physicians and hospitals, resulting in a rapid escalation of threats, harassments, and disruptions of care across multiple jurisdictions, the letter continued. Now, this is, of course, uh, libs of TikTok, which is being run by a, a Jewish woman, right? Uh, Christopher Rufo, Matt Walsh. Maybe someone like Daily Wire, I'm not sure. Um, overall would be, or Ben Shapiro, I guess, technically could be roped up into that. But there's a handful of people that really have like been good on these issues and, and, and whipping out some resistance finally to this uh, and said, these people are crazy. They're promoting cutting off the genitals and maiming and, and you know mutilating uh, children. And in some cases, it's uh, they're beginning to sell these ideas to like, you know, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds. And in some cases, of course, they've done double mastectomies on like 14, 15-year-olds. And they deny that it's happening. Oh, no, it's only 18-year-olds. doesn't make any better if they've had a whole lifetime going through school, being indoctrinated. This is what you want to do to fix all your problems. Our organizations, continuation of the letter here, our organizations have called on tech companies to do more to prevent this practice on digital platforms. And we now urge your office, the Department of Justice, 
Merrick Garland to take swift action to investigate and prosecute all organizations, individuals and entities responsible. The letter claimed that the hospital's staff and their communities have been shaken by the outrage that has been generated as a result of them being put under the microscope. So we should be allowed to cut off the genitals of kids, put them on hormone blockers, and in some cases, we begin talking about those things as being natural, uh, a fix to any of the issues. If you're, con- if you're a little confused when you're going through your puberty, well, maybe that's because, you know, little Johnny's really a woman, you know, these kinds of things. And then for some reason, for some unknown, for some reason, for no reason whatsoever, in fact, uh, people got outraged and angry about this. <clears throat> and now it's like they, they strike, they, they uh, cry out in pain here. As they strike you, that that's basically <laughs> this is here. Providers of evidence-based gender-affirming healthcare. That's right. It's ev- totally evidence-based, and their colleagues are facing increased stress and fear on top of the conditions they have faced while working on the front lines of a global pandemic for nearly three years. Are they feeling stressed? Well, good. They they, they at the very minimum, they should feel stressed, don't you think? Families seeking care at these institutions, as well as those providing their care, uh, care fear for their personal safety in the wake of these attacks. Now, apparently after one of the videos there that lives off TikTok linked up of about the Boston Children's Hospital, they said that there was a bomb threat made at the hospital. It could be real, but it could also be totally made up in a gay op. I don't know. But I'm thinking like, wait a minute. They, I don't see how they, she could continue having that account and being active and stuff. Um, and and doing that, even if it's like the threat's genuine or not, because th- this is their line of logic. It's like, well, if someone does something because of something, you know, of information that you posted, then it's obviously your fault, not the person doing the the criminal act. That's fine. It's just about the the those who let out the information. That's who's at fault, right? All right. It's a letter here from uh, from Rufo there too, finishing that segment off. What does it say here? Uh, this is now the left's playbook. Last year, the National School Board Association, Department of Justice, and the FBI worked together to label parents who oppose critical race theory as domestic terrorists. They want to stifle dissidents, suppress speech, and criminalize opposition. Yeah, well, we should uh, we should uh, reverse the pol- hold the criminals accountable, and beginning to reverse some of the policies. That's I think that would be a good idea. What do you guys think? <clears throat> Why should we not be allowed to reverse? Policies that have been inflicted on us. Why should we not be allowed to hold people accountable uh, that have been uh, pitching this? And of course, now it's come out consequently too. They're talking about what a wonderful uh, industry this is, how much money is in it, all that stuff. I forget which hospital it was, but there was some uh, leaked. I'm gonna forget if it was a video or something like that. Uh, which brings me to this. I guess we can pray. Uh, we can play this. Yeah, that's another video here where they're praising sodomy. But uh, uh, play this first. Here's actually uh, Ammon Bundy, who's been, again, he seems good on <clears throat> on the uh, on the issue when it comes to uh, these LGBTQ uh, nonsense stuff in schools. Uh, but then when it comes to immigration, apparently he's uh, wigged out entirely and uh, cucking like crazy. Uh, but anyway, this this video is somewhat decent. Check this out. It's the uh, <clears throat> the guy there. He had one of his, what is it, his uncles that were shot by the, the, the government in uh, Oregon. Uh, but he's uh, running in uh, Idaho right now. Something is happening across America. And it isn't isolated to California, New York, or Washington, D.C. It's in our classrooms. It's in our libraries. It's online. It's in our streets. 
It's in our parks. And it's happening right here in Idaho. Our children are being groomed. Idaho's governor has not only remained silent, he is actively partnering with the corporations, lobbying groups, and state agencies who have overseen this perverse assault on our children. My name is Ammon Bundy, and when you elect me governor of Idaho, I will protect our children and use all means necessary to keep them safe from this perverse, sexualized ideology. It's time Idaho puts groomers where they belong. Jail. I mean, it's good. I, I I like it. So you know, it's 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 okay. It's decent. But why can't you put people behind bars that have changed our demographics? You know what I mean? Like, why is why is that? No, 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 no. We can't fix. No, no, no. We can't fix that. So basically, we we've reached that point now of like, you m- must not only accept what's happening, you must love and you must celebrate it. That's what we have reached. Otherwise, you're killing people. You're, you're responsible for people killing themselves if you don't celebrate this. <clears throat> First of all, of course, turning normal kids into what you see on screen. But then after all, you have to, you have to love this and celebrate this. By government Homosexuality. Decree. Oh, that, I'm going to play that next year. This is the other one I want to show you. This is basically, this is basically where we're at now. Look, kids, today we're going to talk about the, the wonders of, uh, <clears throat> of the dildo. Uh, here's one guy who says uh, the uh, the culture has fallen when we begin to praise sodomy in this way. Homosexuality is the ultimate perversion of manhood. And it is, by the way, the end of society. When I say the West has fallen, I say it particularly because in 2003, the United States legalized sodomy. In 2015, they legalized homosexual marriage. And here we are in 2022, featuring the ultimate degradation of homosexuality, which is drag queens in elementary schools, grooming kids to be as perverted as a male could possibly be. And the government is demanding acceptance for these people, if not making them the priority. Where you have homosexuality, you have the end of a culture. When it is legalized, the way it has been in this country, when it is normalized so that they can be married, and when it is praised and elevated, you know the culture has fallen. Yeah, he's, uh, he's not wrong. <clears throat> Let me go back there. Yeah, he's not wrong. He's definitely right. Um, that's how it is. And I remember we played another clip a while back, too. There was like one guy who says like the whole human rights campaign and, you know, some of these kinds of NGO groups and stuff like that. They've been lobbying for this. He said like they will not stop. Like it's not just about someone getting married and their rights. It's about you submitting to them and celebrating all of this depravity, right? Uh, here's another video, a uh, young gal out of, uh, I think she's based out of Idaho because most of the examples she brings up is in Idaho. Uh, Amy something, I forget what her name is. Uh, radical sexual ed- 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 education and LGBTQ trans promotion uh, to kids. Uh, listen to this here. Hi, I'm Anna Miller with the Center for American Education. Do you ever wonder how public schools come to promote radical gender theories or how schools in red states build partnerships with Planned Parenthood to deliver sex education? Follow the money and the curriculum and you can understand what's happening. Step one. The federal government has several grant programs for states to offer comprehensive sex education programs. States can only get a grant if they pick programs approved by national bureaucrats. Bureaucrats use national standards for sexuality education written by radical interest groups to guide their approval. 
These interest groups not only write the standards, but then create and sell the curriculum. Planned Parenthood is the chief interest group writing the standards and profiting from these curricula. Step two, Idaho's Department of Health and Welfare accepts sex education grants. And then the state implements a curriculum called Reducing the Risk. This curriculum promotes high-risk sexual actions. It seeks to normalize sexual activity among children. It is LGBTQ inclusive, instructing students in gender identity, sexual orientation, and transgender ideology. Parental consent is often disregarded, and reducing the risk refers students to Planned Parenthood for their sexual needs. Step three, the Department of Health and Welfare directs public health districts to implement this sex education program in schools and to use associated training and materials. Idaho North Central Health District website, for instance, offers educators training on queering education and porn literacy. Another resource takes kids to Power to Decide, showing kids where to get an abortion. Another resource shows kids how to hide their browsing history from parents and introduces topics like polyamory and gender transitions. The Sex Etc. resource shows students articles such as Transgender Men Can Get Pregnant Too, surveys about masturbation, and Amaze.org videos featuring cartoon depictions of porn and abortion. Government agencies promote radical ideologies and behaviors, perhaps without school boards even knowing it. These programs conflict with Idaho law and with the values that make Idaho special. This must stop. The health and innocence of our children are at stake. Yep, ban them. Call out the people that's behind it. Is there any other agenda weaved into this? Why are they doing this? this surely this is not just happening. This is like Weimar conditions here now. Uh, this is Vimerica. And in some cases, it's even worse with all the OnlyFans stuff and the online stuff. And there's, you know, s- trading kids and stuff and selling kids online now and things like that. Things that wasn't possible without this technology, uh, you know, during the, the Weimar uh, days, basically. So it's, it's, it's just peak insanity. Absolutely insane. <clears throat> what do you guys think? Jail? Is that uh, what do we do with this player? Just uh, jail? Is this, is this treason? I mean, surely. If they're intentionally hard, I, mean, I know it's framed this way. We, we talked about this in the Weekend Warrior show, but like this flame, the framing here. Let me go back. Uh, check out the story we did on the trans pipeline. How they're basically taking normal uh, kids, right, and running them through the system, and they just churn out like trans kids. Where where am I here? There we go. That's the screenshot I was looking for right there. Um, and that but in that they're saying no we're saving lives it's this like marketing terms it's it's frank luntz if you guys know who that is uh wordplay it's sloganeering call it what you want like oh you it's better to have a a daughter that's alive than a son that's dead because like the doctor comes in with this white coat and like well uh, your uh, your child is going to commit suicide unless you do this that's kind of the thing right and then they're laughing behind your back and they're saying, look at all the money we're making here. That is that not treason? Is that I mean, how do you judge that? I mean, that that's the highest of crimes as far as I see it. Sterilizing these kids, maiming them. I mean, it's it's just be I mean, I'm glad we're seeing pushback, but it's amazing that it isn't even stronger by this time. Look, it's b- building up, it's po- going in a positive direction. But oh man, it's people are so tolerant. It, it's absolutely insane, right? All right, so yeah, I think we need to. Uh, I think we need to um, catapult these people. Uh, here's a story here, follow up on the Musk thing. Apparently, he's buying Twitter now. Like, okay, could this become the? 
a tool? Will some people still be, uh, you know, available to be on Twitter? Uh, people are saying, oh, Trump's going to come back. And it's like, yeah, all right, whatever. It is what it is. But uh, sure, it could be potentially slightly better. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. But uh, he's going to proceed, apparently, with a $44 billion purchase of Twitter. He sent a letter Monday seeking to revive his bid for the company at the original price of $54.20 a share, provided that the Delaware Chancery Court enter an immediate stay of Twitter's lawsuit against him and adjourn the trial scheduled to begin in two weeks. According to a filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission, Twitter in a statement said Tuesday that the company intends to close the transaction at the offer price. Uh, so I guess the deal is back on. And we'll see what happens. We come out of it. It's, we don't have to go through all the all the weeds th- here of the story. We know what's going on. We covered it in the past. Uh, could it be a little better? Yeah, maybe. But he's definitely not a some kind of savior. Musk is not going to fix uh, this problem for us. In, in fact, in some cases, he's part of the problem. Uh, and that kind of goes to our next story as well. But, I mean, again, if it's a li- little better, okay, fine. You know what I mean? Um, but he talked about all those things of, like, uh, authenticating all humans. You could see like some kind of digital ID being introduced in j- adjacent to Twitter to authenticate people to get rid of the bots. You know what I mean? They have a big uh, bot problem. So it could be a little kind of problem reaction solution weaved into this as well. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll keep our keep our eye on it. Uh, this happened as well. Speaking of how uh, Musk is part of the problem here, right? He's the one uh, who's developing artificial intelligence. Uh, he's building currently our overlords as well, the uh, droids. Uh, the human-looking uh, humanoid robots, in this case, um, Optimus is one of the ones that Tesla have been working on. Let me play a little bit of a clip of how the unveiling uh, looked of this uh, Terminator uh, droid. Ooh, a little shaky, a little shaky there. It's the tre- trem- trembling, is that the term? It's trembling a little bit here. I think we should be more afraid of it. Oh, look at that, it's dancing. Let, let it into your home, <laughs> guy. Open up your heart. It's coming. Boo, baby, boo. Wonderful music there, too. Anyway, so here's another highlight reel that began with this. I see a lot of people that would be uh, picking up on that one. Uh, anyway, they, see the hands there? All right. Uh, let me play at the end there. So apparently this is like not the... Uh, the guy, right? This is not the the robot. This is not how it looks. He's actually going to be looking different at the end of it. Right now, he's looking like the guy in the center there. Uh, let me play a little bit of this, and he'll actually talk more about uh, the next generation to come here. To get us very far, we knew we needed a real development and integration platform to get real life learnings as quickly as possible. So that robot that came out and did the little routine for you guys, we had that within six months built working on software integration, hardware upgrades over the months since then. But in parallel, we've also been designing the next generation, this one over here. So this guy is rooted in the, the foundation of sort of the vehicle design process. You know, we're leveraging all of those learnings that we already have. 
So for example, our computer vision neural networks um, were ported directly from autopilot to the bot's situation. All right, they kind of show how it's, it's exactly operating the in the environment and the software. I mean, I guess Tesla is like they're already doing this with their cars, right? Yeah, so here's the next one. Did they roll out that one in the end? No, let me see here. They, oh, that's the one. They rolled out a guy who's like can't walk apparently, but he's like the next generation and looks better. The first one was like kind of shaky and stuff, but I guess they've done it fa <clears throat> fairly fast. Uh, but the point is, Musk says this in the, the presentation as well, they want this to scale, right? So that they can produce a million of these or whatever he said uh, very cheaply so that they can get out to everybody. What, what they can do, I'm not sure. I mean, can they do your dishes eventually? I mean, I don't know. We have dishwashers. Uh, can they stack and unstack? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's it's very, very hard and complex movements and stuff. And still, they don't get all this stuff down. Uh, but anyway, so just know that that's some, some of the stuff he's working on, right? Starlink, ubiquitous, you know, 5G coverage globally. They're working on the robots. To, he's working on the AI. He even helped to produce the uh, lipid nanoparticles at his, some of his Tesla facilities for the mRNA uh, safe and effective <coughs> shot, right? Uh, so he's part of the he's part of the game. Uh, this guy. That's why you shouldn't put uh, too much uh, faith that he's going to fix uh, Twitter or something like that uh, for us. This one too, by the way, is kind of funny. Just a quick mention: Nicole Ann becomes first Native American woman in space on Crew Five mission. So uh, Musk's SpaceX Falcon Nine rocket with quarter uh, with uh, with quartet including first Russian to join U.S. space flight since Ukraine invasion to blast off Wednesday. That's right. Musk had some. Uh, uh, what was this, a mediation um, tweet as well? If we don't have to go into that, everyone covered, covered that's kind of silly in one way, I guess. Um, were it a super bad idea? No, not, not necessarily, but it was like this, that the UN must oversee the election. It was like, well, Musk, that's not a objective, fair organization. Like, that, that's, you know, that's just not going to happen, right? All right, anyway, so the, the you know, History was made. Look at all these uh, headlines. Here's Google News here. News about women in space. Nicole Mann. History was made as Nicole Anu Anapu Mann become first Native American woman launched into space. It was story after story about this, right? Astronaut becomes first Native American woman in space. BBC, CNN, same thing. Na first Native American woman in orbit. Here's another one, NPR, right? Native American woman to go to space with latest SpaceX mission. Anyway, tons of stories on this. This is a miraculous. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. And then, of course, you go into the Vicky page. <clears throat> and, uh, I mean, she does she look very Native American to you? Maybe a little bit? I don't know. Anyway, I'll get, I'll get to the funny part here, too. All right, there you go. American Indian. That's your average phenotype for that, I guess. Um, anyway. If you'll go to the, let me close out here, uh, Vicky thread here, Estonia, here we go, let me see. Nicole Victoria Ananapu Mann was born on blah, 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 to Howard and Victoria Anapu and grew up in Pengrove, California. Her father, Helmut Anapu, emigrated from Estonia uh, in the 1920s. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So she's she's part Estonian. No, no, no. Forget. Shit on that heritage. She's of Wallachi heritage and is enrolled a member of the Round Valley Indian tribes. You know what I mean? Why not, Why is she not Estonian then? Or so, you know what I mean? Like, and there's no other info about, well, what's her current mom and dad? Would they both that? Or, you know, well, one of them then was at least half Estonian, right? So she's a quarter Estonian. That's not good enough. Uh, anyway, you get the point. But this is, you get a, you get a signal, right? You have to signal.
Oh my God, I can't believe it. It's wonderful. All right, so yeah, it's about basically. I think we covered that on one show. You get sending up uh, diversity in space. Uh, that's the number one priority of NASA, and I guess now that has also extended uh, to Elon Musk's SpaceX. Uh, let me play you this real quick here. It can give me a little bit of a uh, quick break here. Uh, you know, speaking of the tech segment, right? We have some crazy stuff happening where they're beginning with 3D models. We've talked about chatbots in the past and how they'll begin to use like digital images created by, you know, Facebook and things like that. And that's why Meta is pivoting towards this as well. They'll take all your photos, all your videos, they create create a 3D rendering version of you. And then when you've passed on, all your relatives can continue to talk with you and basically not uh, deal with death and overcoming loss and having sadness and stuff. They will just have digital versions of you. It's great, right? So that's being extended to the... Uh, actor uh, celebrity world now as well, where Bruce Willis, who've had some issues, I guess, with some medical condition, uh, has now decided to scan his entire, I guess it's face, maybe it's the whole body, I don't know, um, with how many cameras was it? 500 or something like that? I forget what the exact number was, but he's uh, inputting 34K images of his face into a neural network in order to create a deep fake digital twin of himself so he still can keep acting in movies and stuff like that i guess you can lease um that's how how you'll see movies progress to drive down budget you'll still have a you know a a class a actor you know i mean but you'll you've just rented or licensed their digital image uh, but made it uh uh you know kind of read and and uh, uh you know act in your movie because of course they're doing this with a voice as well there was a was that an Israeli company or was that a... Maybe that was Estonian too, actually. I forget what it was. No, this was Ukrainian. That's right. Ukrainian uh, was doing the video here. But there was one company focusing on the voice as well, uh, recording all the uh, uh, his uh, his voice. And then they could just create like a fake version of that, a copy, a deep fake, essentially. Uh, which is, frankly, if you ask me, pretty, uh, pretty damn uh, creepy. And it takes me to the next clip here too. Uh, let me play a little bit. Some of you guys might have seen this. Uh, but it's kind of funny. It's about the success of, you know, talking about deep fakes, masks, and actually how they're getting much, much better at producing masks that are so lifelike that it's not only working for the Hollywood industry, uh, but it's actually even working apparently for uh, real life meetings with people now. So you can have a foreign diplomat or, uh, again, a celebrity. You know how that goes. Yeah, a celebrity visits a foreign uh, leader somewhere, and they are all like swooning over this person, and like you can, you know, essentially uh, manipulate them to a certain extent to go in a certain direction by just having a, a famous actor, you know, uh, schmoozing them essentially. But anyway, uh, check this out. It's kind of uh, kind of interesting. See what you think. My fellow Americans, you deserve the truth, and I know you can handle it. My name is Jonna Mendez, and I was Chief of Disguise at the CIA. One of the things that was going on when I was Chief of Disguise was an enormous uh, research program into the new advanced disguise system. It was basically the masks that everybody always wondered if we used masks, and this was the beginning. This is a series of photographs of when I met George H.W. Bush in the Oval Office and revealed to him that I was briefing him wearing a mask.
Now, in particular, and regarding this photograph, it is a Giddy's image photograph. If you go to the link, you can see the photographer, all those kinds of details, who took it. So what is the anomaly with this particular photograph? CIA who are working for television networks. This, I think, gets into the kind of uh, getting into the details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into an executive session. was a big challenge to come up with something that finally actually animated and worked to really fool a person, but we did. They learned the art. We actually brought Hollywood back into our labs at one point to look at what we had done, and they were stunned. They are absolutely stunned. Congratulations. My husband was Tony Mendez, and he was played by Ben Affleck in the movie called Argo. Aliens and robots? Yes, sir. You're telling me that there is a movie company in Hollywood right now that is funded by the CIA? Yes, sir. Are there many actors in Hollywood who also moonlight as agents, do you think? <laughs> I think there are probably quite a few, yes. Huh. I think probably Hollywood is full of CIA agents, and we just don't know it. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to discover that, you know, this was extremely common. Tony, they didn't mention it in the movie, but Tony had deep connections to Hollywood to the, the tradespeople out in L.A. that did a lot of things we were interested in doing. Special effects people, makeup people. Tony was chief of disguise 10 years before I was chief of disguise. And so he passed on some of his expertise to me. But he had a particular interest in the magic industry out in L.A. Not so much the magicians on the stage, but the people that were working behind the scenes to make that magic happen. So we went to LA and we posed some questions to them. We said, we have a problem. We're looking for novel solutions. Well, LA did have some ideas, of course. That's what they do for a living. They uh, introduced us to a new concept. They said, what you are calling an operation, we call a performance. That's what we do. We put on performances and before we start Working on that performance, we have to initially, we have to define the stage that the performance is going to take place on. Then you have to know who your audience is, who are you playing to, who are you trying to fool. Once you assemble those two pieces, you can pretty much choose the time and choose the place and simply overwhelm them with your performance. Then they showed us some tools that they used. The one that really caught our eye is what's called a stunt double mask. You all know how they're used. When the movie star is so famous or so good looking that they can't risk damaging him. We liked the idea of stunt double masks. They're quick on, they're quick off, 
Uh, they dramatically change your appearance. And we started using them and found them to be valuable to our operations. But that audience piece of it did not allow you to get close enough to one of those masks before the illusion fell apart and you saw it was a mask. So we went back to our disguise labs out at Langley and we invented a whole new genre of masks. Masks that are so good, that are so realistic, that you can actually get up close and have a personal contact with someone for an extended period of time. They're good enough that you can brief the President of the United States in the Oval Office wearing a mask. And he isn't sure if it's you or if it's, uh, if it's someone else. Those masks were the beginning of a whole new generation of work that we did at the CIA. Once we could make these masks that fit you so well, then we discovered we could make a twin. We could make another you. There could be two of you. We could actually make five or six of you, but usually one extra was all we needed. We will respond accordingly. God bless you all and may God protect our troops. But that's only the tip of the iceberg. As longtime CIA lawyer John Rizzo tells it, the relationship between the spy agency and La La Land is quite cozy. In his new book, Company Men, Rizzo says that actors, producers, and other movie-making power players were always happy to help out the CIA in any way they could. You work for the very enemy you thought you were fighting. It's impossible. Then tell me why you've never been to Langley. You've been lied to. All lower-level agents have been lied to. So I am trying to help you here. So you're saying I'm working for the enemy? And that you are the enemy? Jimmy, this is your last chance. You have to go. All right, there you go. I hope you enjoy that. Uh, basically, the uh, takeaway here is uh, don't trust your eyes. You can't trust your eyes anymore uh, because they're not only doing deep face, fakes, <laughs> yeah, deep face, <laughs> deep, I guess that's what you can call it, deep face. You have deep face on? Uh, they're making masks uh, that are so believable that uh, it, it looks good, I guess, close up. Freaky shit. All right. Okay. Imagine them using that. Imagine how easy it would be, especially in front of the cameras, right? You might, you know, because it's always that, like you do it digitally, it's a kind of a little risky still, you know what I mean? They can make it look damn good though, right? But this shit, holy crap, scary. Scary as hell. All right, boys and girls, we're going to do a couple more stories here before we wrap up. I wanted to show you, we have the wonderful aspects of the... The vax industry continuing. I want to talk just a little bit about uh, some of the uh, promotion that has happened. Not a shock to maybe you and me. Maybe if you're new, it's a shock. But uh, for for the stuff we've covered. Uh, but before we go there with the the C19 uh, safe and effective magical shot, uh, check out this one. A biotech startup company is developing a vaccine for honeybees. Check out the 16 slide pitch. Uh, Deck Dalan Animal Health used to raise 3.5 million. What could, as I say, what could possibly go wrong? A biotech startup that is developing a vaccine for honeybees just raised 3.5 million. Ay, ay, ay. Um, 
they've created a vaccine to protect honeybees against American fowl brood, a bacteria disease that threatens bee colonies worldwide that have erased 3.5 million. The problem is usually when they try to help, it just gets worse, right? Isn't that the track record? Dolan Animal Health, founded in 2018 in Georgia, U.S., aims to, is to ease beekeepers away from unsustainable treatments such as antibiotics. While many beekeepers still use antibiotics to treat disease in bees, this can end up in the honey that's later sold to consumers. Dolan's vaccine will totally not end up in, in the vaccine, though, or in the, in, the, in the product, right, like honey. Uh, Dolan's vaccine instead uses an inactive pathogen to treat the disease and has been patented in the U.S. And then, you remember that the, all the zoo animals that were like uh, vaccinated against COVID? <laughs> you guys remember that? Like we're gonna t- we're gonna and the, they have the self-spreading vaccines. You know they l- l- you know vaccine a couple of animals and l- let them out in the wild and then they go on to produce and spread it to the rest of the herd. I mean, there's some crazy stuff, right? Uh, so speaking of that of the uh, the COVID shot. This was just found out. Not a big surprise. We talked about the Instagram fo- uh, influencers and stuff that actually were helping to promote the uh, totally safe and effective shot. Brought to you by Pfizer. Judicial Watch uncovers Biden administration propaganda plan to push the COVID vaccine. Judicial washed, wa- Watch, not washed, Judicial Watch announced today that it received... 249 pages of records from the Department of Health and Human Services detailing the extensive media plans for a propaganda campaign to push the COVID-19 vaccine. The records, I mean, we knew this, but here's just further proof that they're engaging in this, right? The records were received in response to an August 2021 Freedom of Information Act lawsuit filed after the HHS failed to respond to an April 19th 2021 request for records related to the Biden HHS COVID-19 Community Core program. Judicial Watch is asking for all records regarding the application process, all organizations asking to be chosen to participate, all grants and all communications uh, communications of representatives of the Department of Health and Human Services regarding the program. So here's a couple of bullet points that they pull out here. Uh, in this newly released re- uh, record include a document titled PEC, Public Education Campaign, between, uh, I guess, April 19th to May 31st, 2021, which includes the following media plans and action items. Major public education projects in April. So again, that's just what we're here now to basically, so one and a half months alone. How many of these types of documents is this? How many campaigns? So this is here. Vaccine engagement package to all entertainment talents and management agencies. Vaccine engagement package to all media companies and show producers. Outreach to major culture event producers. Outreach with uh, WCDT. Likely we can do this, a a campaign that we're running at the time. The brand and engagement ideas to major businesses and associations. Launch community core business chapter. Start celebrity share the mic. (laughs) Late night host vaccine videos. Remember the vaccine thing that we played with, uh, what's his name again? Colbert, Stephen Colbert. This is it. They're getting paid to shill this shit, obviously. Additional ideas to be considered. Digital media produce HHS question and answer videos featuring local black doctors discussing the vaccines and how they work. Remember the rap video? What the, oh, what the hell was that again? 
I'm a community immunity. What was that? We played it at the time in a weekend warrior show. It's kind of funny. And why the public, uh, by the, why the public should get vaccinated? Request that Tom Brady create a video with his parents encouraging vaccination. His parents has COVID last year, and he has talked about their tough recovery. Create custom partnerships with these with the social media platforms with algorithms to hit the audience. Yeah, you're hitting the audience, all right. Launch Hollywood comedy writers' video content. Work with YouTube on an original special about vaccinations targeted to young people, similar to the YouTube's Dear Call of 2020 special. Work with Instagram to produce a series of vaccines for at Instagram, the largest social media account in the world. Um, yeah, 387 million followers feature young creators doing in-depth pieces about young people's questions. Request a stories highlight on vaccines at on uh, Instagram to stay on the account through 2021. Request major TikTok, Snapchat, and Instagram influencers to create videos of themselves being vaccinated. Now that we covered at the time, we knew that they were getting paid to shield the vax, and they were approached, they were contacted. Uh, here's how to get the money and talk about talk about how excited you are, all the things you're going to do once you've taken the vaccine and all that stuff. I mean, this is absolutely criminal. Even if even if it actually was super safe and effective, which, of course, it's not. This is this should be criminal. This is like the government going in and coercing people into into moving in this direction. Right. And start a special campaign of funny and or musical videos about being vaccinated to encourage others to create content and post. Remember the woman singing? We played a few of those cringe videos. There's so much of this. Anyway, get, this goes on and on. Earned media request a vaccination special on Christian Broadcasting Network featuring evangelical leaders. Yeah. Request that the that the major it wasn't most of them going along with it uh, anyway. I I forget the the end of the stat. Yeah, go get the Voice, American Magazine, Florida Catholic, the Catholic Spirit, the Tablet. Doctor Biden interviewed with Chip and Joanna Gaines for Magnolia, like uh, the BET Network, Joe Rogan, Barstool Sports. Did any of these sell out? Did any one of them do it? Partnerships and anyway, we go through this. It's quite a, it's quite interesting to be honest. Of the absolutely disgusting propaganda campaign behind this right uh and of course to fill it, finish off our little segment here just how brainwashed some of the people oh oh i forgot about this one holy crap brought to you by pfizer here's a recent uh, tweet here from uh, october 4th so yesterday uh, when ultron wrecks havoc the avengers act as the first line of defense people can help protect themselves by standing up to uh, staying up to date with covid19 vaccinations Head to on.pfizer.com to get a first look at Pfizer, BioNTech, and Marvel's comic book. Here you go. This is this is the peak uh, peak C19 uh, Vax promotion here. Brought folks. to you by Pfizer. Disgusting. And we're reported, by the way, too. Again, this is why I need to check out the Wicked Warrior. Check out how Albert Borla took his money and just run. He was going to be slated to take part of a European EU committee that was investigating how the uh, vaccine was sold to Europe and the back-end deal that Albert Borla had with uh, Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the EU Commission. There were texts and phone calls and logs and all this stuff of how them they have privately communicated and they struck a deal together. 
And now they're all saying, oh, no, all the records are gone. We, we can't find any of them. It's just gone. And then they say, okay, well, Borlas has got to come in. He's got to talk about this. What, 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 what happened on the back end? No, he just, he's just not going to show. <laughs> he's just not going to show up. It's absolutely incredible, the, the, the immunity these people have. I mean, literally, I'm, I mean, there are multiple ways, right, the, in the sense that uh, they're immune from lawsuits already and all that stuff. They don't even have to show up. Some people would be like, what, arrested if they don't show up? Absolutely despicable. Uh, and one here, let me see, this one will finish off our uh, C19 segment here. Uh, Canadian actress Jennifer Gibson, never heard of her, uh, developed Bell's palsy two weeks after receiving the AstraZeneca shot, but she would do it again because that's just what we need Brought to do. Brought to you by Pfizer. Oh, this is not a video I want to make. Um, and it's kind of hard to make because as I'm watching myself, I see um, what I'm going to say, which is I have been diagnosed with Bell's palsy, which is paralysis on one side of the face. For me, it's uh, this side here, the left, obviously. Um, so I got it about two weeks after getting my vaccine and I had a rough go with the vaccine. Um, and I guess still am. But I have to say that I would do it again because it's what we have to do to see people. So um, I don't know why I'm making this video, but here's my word smile. All right. I, I don't know. <clears throat> Okay, then, like, go ahead. Who's going to stop you at this point? If, you, if you're that dumb, <clears throat> I mean, it's sad. It's tragic, but uh, this is what they do. Maybe she's the one who, who got it. She got a large sum on the back end. Well, not for this video. And I'm surprised she made it. I'm, I'm surprised they, they allowed her to do it, the, uh, her managers or something. But uh, I'm talking about the, um, she might have done a previous video. How's she going to get vaccinated? How excited she is about all this stuff, right? All right, I'm going to do one little quick uh, coverage here of some of the uh, the climate stuff that's weaved into this. We actually had a comment here by uh, Biden after the uh, devastation in Florida, and apparently he did a uh, press conference with DeSantis. It looked a bit uh, looked a bit tense there, but uh, this is what he said uh, during that regarding uh, the climate change issue. We're in a situation where the Colorado River looks more like a stream. There's a lot going on. And I think the one thing this has finally ended is a discussion about whether or not there's climate change. We should do something about it. But, folks, I also want to, uh, Jill and I have had you all in our prayers, and I mean that sincerely. He's very sincere. <clears throat> so that, that the latest hurricane, they settled it once and for all, folks, uh, about this being about the climate. Okay, really? All right. Acting World acting sooner can limit energy transition costs, the uh, World Bank chief uh, says the IMF, or well, the te technically the International Monetary Fund IMF, right? Emissions must be cut at least one quarter to meet Paris goals. Cost of the adjustment will be determined by speed of action. They are absolutely pushing this crazy right now, and of course, again, it comes into this of like, oh, I think, I mean, I'm not sure if OPEC is like intentionally just part of this now, despite the fact that they would be the ones who had an interest in like making more money, uh, you know, at the same time, I said it before, but, you know, if you keep supply low or demi de demand high, they keep raising the prices right away and they make, they make record profits like the energy companies do right now. And you say, oh, well, they do that. So you will start, you know, using less, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like what happened immediately, as far as I know, hasn't been any rolling blackouts yet, hasn't been any 
shortages. I think most of Europe is supplied, but immediately the prices just skyrocketed. Can you imagine the money that they're making to go along with all of this right now, too? And um, that's what it feels like right now, that the <clears throat> the overhaul that they seek to do of the energy sector and to partially get us towards the, you know, the uh, Great Reset goals on Agenda 2030 uh, is that they have to just limit energy output significantly. Uh, you know, look, some way along the line, they might show up and have some like, wonderful solution to all our problems or something. But right now, no, they're like, get them vaxxed, uh, cut the food uh, supply by like significant, you know, th that affects the fertilizer, which means more problems with the food supply. Then people won't be able to heat their homes. And you have this uh, convergence of like multiple huge issues that could potentially lead to like massive uh, deaths come this winter. It's also, to be honest, you know, some people have said the C-19 safe and effective shot might tie into that as well, that when people begin to uh, succumb to to uh, <coughs> vax injuries and things like that, uh, especially maybe wintertime, they could just say, oh, well, it's unfortunate, but uh, most of these people, they froze to death, you see, because there's no energy. And that's, that's Russia. It's Putin's fault. So go to war. Uh, send all your money to Ukraine and go to war with us right now. Uh, anyway, I want to play, the last thing I want to play here is a clip that the uh, uh, there was a sustainable development impact meeting here recently, and they released kind of a promo video in adjacent with that. With that, and as usual, right away they pivot towards things such as equity in these things, and it becomes like an anti-white ruse we weaved into it. Kind of makes sense if you think of Agenda 2030, because that's really, I mean, the uh, uh, sorry, the um, United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. That's primarily the the uh, points on that has to do with immigration, actually. Most of that is like about uh, bringing migrants to the West and, and, and you know, it's a solution to taking people out of poverty and stuff like that. But anyway, here, uh, check this um, wonderful propaganda video out here uh, from the Sustainable Development Impact Meeting. Check this out. So many people have been speaking about the climate crisis. So many things have been put on paper. But the real question is why is it that we're still not acting at the scale and speed that is necessary? The extreme weather events that the scientists have long connected to the climate crisis are becoming far more frequent and far more destructive. For 150 years, we built up a world based on the assumption that we can exploit the planet for free and it translates to very dramatic impacts happening right as we speak. The climate crisis is a threat multiplier, which means it exacerbates existing inequities in our society. The impacts are felt most deeply by black, indigenous, and communities of color. We're living we through an explosion of inequality. We need to remember we're on the same planet, and this is the planet that we need to make sustainable for the whole of humanity. That's right. Hand over your money, West. Okay, you hear me? Climate change is impacting food security as well as political stability in many nations around the world. Five years ago, there were 80 million people marching towards starvation. That number... So we need to open up the borders and let all of these people into the West. That's the solution. Jump to 135 million. What caused the jump? It was man-made conflict, like in Ukraine, compounded with climate shocks. No one is as vulnerable to... Climate shocks, okay? Right, buddy. Climate change, as farmers are. If you talk transformation, the first thing they want to know is, what must I do on my farm? We know that this transition, we require a fast adoption of a lot of new technologies. And the question today is how to find the appropriate way to finance this technology. 
They put a number around it. It's an extra two and a half to three trillion dollars a year of additional finance that we have to find in order to get those emissions down. Financial institutions. Find us the money, okay, guys? <clears throat> Whip it up, all right? We need it here to survive. Otherwise, you'll die, okay? We have a lot of roles to play to bring the advice and provide the financing to make these transitions happen. Younger generations are demanding a sense of purpose. They want to look at companies and say, I am investing with you all for... BlackRock. Look at this. They are demanding a sense of purpose. This is the great narrative that uh, Klaus Schwab and Harari spoke about, right? Just give them a new narrative. We're saving the world by going through this great trance. It's hard right now. And, you know, grandma might freeze to death here, but it's definitely worth it because we're going to live in a wonderful uh, green utopia when, we are, when we're done with this. It's going to be artificial intelligence and robots and, uh, you know, wonderful fourth industrial revolution. So hang on, folks. This reason. With the upcoming two COPs taking place in Africa and the Middle East, we have this tremendous opportunity to put emerging markets at the forefront of our collective response to climate change. International trade has to be part of the solution. How do we all get together to talk about a global carbon price that can guide us and help us to decarbonize the world? The solutions are there. What we need. The, uh, that's the biggest issue right now, folks. We've got to decarbonize the world. Okay? Is governments to regulate, to invest, and we need business to act with values. History will look at us, people, politicians, corporate leaders. These times requires not only solutions, but speed. There is nowhere else to look than the mirror. We are the ones that need to do this. See how many Swedes are in this? The, the eternal Swede, it's Anna Bori, it's the other guy from what is it called, the In Inga Group, or what is it called, Inca Group? I'm not actually never heard of them, Boostrum something. Number of them, she's from Vattenfall. I, I actually talked about this when I talked about the video I did on uh, Greta Thunberg. Uh, I did a video like 10 points of why she's a fraud. And at the end of that, I go through the, this, this whole new kind of like... Uh, you know, kind of how like the Rockefellers kind of took over with like big oil. They like decommissioned the trains in America that took over large segments of the uh, industries and uh, the energy sector, obviously, with, with petroleum and things like that. Same kind of overhaul is now happening, but like going into uh, the green, you know, whatever that is, really, to be honest. But like, oh, wind and solar and all that stuff, right? Um there's a lot to be said about it, but basically this is a way for them to like rehaul and like make incredible amounts of money while they're giving us a narrative that we're like, well, you, you're part of something great here. You're saving the earth, right? And I mean, in some cases, it's actually even the oil companies are already pivoting in this way anyway with the ESGs. You have companies like BlackRock, who you could argue is like a plague on humanity. Uh, they're now on the forefront of like the, they're the morality police now and they're going to like inflict behavior and stuff on other corporations and i mean it's everything is upside down uh but yeah surprising amount of the people in the new energy sector in sweden that's at least the face on some of this stuff uh and i talked about it in that video so check that out if you want more of the connections of how greta thunberg is actually involved deeply in that marketing campaign to begin the transition as they call it now uh towards this new type of of uh, energy and uh you know technology and everything to be climate friendly and carbon free and all this crap mirror we are the ones that need to do this all right that was it <clears throat> that wraps that up then great wonderful stuff guys don't you think all right. So, boys and girls, uh, we're going to begin wrapping up right there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hope you enjoy the show. Always, of course, important stuff. Keep in mind, 
by fighting back, we can start organizing. That is how we begin the process of stopping some of this crap. We have to uh, network, we have to spread the word, we have to wake up more of our people. That's how you begin. Then you can form groups, then you have to start spreading the word even further. You have to talk to neighbors, you have to talk to family, you have to help red pill, for lack of a better term, people around you. If you can, relocate to areas where, uh, of course, people are resisting some of this stuff. Some of those things are beginning to happen and more of those areas are popping up. It's becoming more and more known and out there and official and stuff like that. Uh, and that's some of the things that we talk about and how to solve some of these issues as well. The other point is, of course, to just to, to call it out, right? To call this shit out. And as the rehauling and overhauling and as the collapse kind of happened, which I think is intentional for the most part, there was also a great time of opportunity of actually building new institutions and uh, organizations and groups that actually can... Uh, you know, create a little bit of a buffer uh, against this, you know, fall essentially that we seem to be heading towards uh, and actually be in place and offering solutions and offering uh, that's and that includes like taking services and businesses into a to, to a local thing instead of thinking this that the opposite of this globalization process that we're involved in right now. That's almost like that's proven to fall the dependency on like China for producing things like that. It's not going to work long term. At some point, the collapse of their system is coming. It might not be tomorrow. It could be tomorrow, but it might not even be in 10 years. It could be two generations from now. We don't know. But the point is, you have to have things running concurrent, parallel uh, to that, where actually people want to get out of those kinds of systems and live in a normal functioning way. And that's what I see people around us now beginning to to talk about, whether it's setting up businesses, whether it's about helping people, whether it's about networking whether it's about just spreading the word that these things are available and that there is an option uh, outside of this uh, Great Reset, uh, Build Back Better, Fourth Industrial Revolution bullshit that they're constructing right now. All right, guys, so thank you so much again for joining us. We appreciate you. We can't do this without you. Remember, go over to RedIceMembers.com or SubscribeStar.com slash RedIce. Get a membership over there. It's only 10 bucks a month. If you sign up for a one-time payment, which you can do at entropy you can uh, pay for a sub from three months all the way up to two years it gets cheaper per month as well the longer sub you get you can do a one-time <coughs> payment that was the wrong one uh, over at uh, our e-check option if you uh, feel so inclined we have all this up at redicemembers.com sign up for an account over there we don't need your real name or anything like that we just need an email and a username that's it, it could be any email uh, you can pay through the cash app as well you have that up on screen right there the e-check option is really like eh, kind of the same way you pay for a utility bill. We do accept cryptos as well, and we have a mailing address uh, if you feel so inclined, the uh, the good old method. So check some of that out. I also want to thank our executive producers right here at the end, those who have joined us at the uh, executive producer tier over at Subscribestar. We are talking about T. Lothrop, Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, Chalky Milk, French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeebs, President Ubunga, and Kvetch Me If You Can. Thank you guys. We appreciate you. Also, thanks to Mr. Walker696. So we are seeking at getting about 20 executive producers in order to hire a full-time editor to help us out here at Red Ice. If you want to help us reach that next step, the next phase here for Red Ice, consider taking uh, some of your resources and putting them towards that. We appreciate it. You can find out more at subscribestar.com slash Red Ice. We do have an executive tier as well, but also a, uh, ex a executive producer tier. Or I should say producer tier and an executive producer tier. So thank you so much, guys. We appreciate you. We can't do this without you. And by the way, if you did sign up for a uh, tier recently, I think we have one that's uh, probably upgraded to a producer tier. You don't always kind of like bump up in the list of active subscribers for us. We can't always find you. 
Uh, so if you did that, reach out. You can send a DM over on Subscribestore or uh, just an email, redassetprotomile.com, and uh, uh, let us know that you upgraded your uh, account so we can you know, get your uh, cred and reach out and uh, talk about uh, with you in terms of what you want to see, maybe uh, interviews you want to see coming up or uh, certain topics covered and things like that. That's one of the other perks of uh, getting one of the producer or executive producer tiers. So thank you, guys. Guys, friends of Mary Fagan over on Entropy says, great show. Thank you for watching. Appreciate your support. Again, get a membership. It's really the best way to support us. We have some great shows up there for you guys right now. I'm actually going to be talking with John Lash tomorrow, tomorrow uh, on the show. It's not going to be live, but it's going to be uploaded either tomorrow or uh, Friday. So heads up on that. It's going to be good. It's going to go deep into some of the more uh, esoteric kind of... Uh, off, not, not not on the stage, right? I mean, we talk about people like Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab, uh, some of the activists uh, in, in the uh, U.S. government and the EU government all the time. Uh, we talk about um, all the interest groups and things like that that are pushing things in this direction. Uh, we talk about the Hararis. We talk about the, some of the usual suspects quite a lot as well. Uh, but also those kind of uh, the, uh, the not-so-usual uh, suspects that still can be named. But there's, of course, another whole dimension underneath of... Um, a, uh, a potential for the much more uh, sinister and uh, deep-going uh, influences and forces, potentially, that are controlling things. And that's some of the stuff we're going to get into with Lash uh, as well. Uh, you know, he's kind of famous for uh, kind of really launching the concept of the Archons and stuff. He's been on the show many times before. So that'll be good. Get him back and get some takes on some of the current stuff that's been happening since we last spoke to him. The, the world has essentially been overhauled, essentially, since we spoke to him last. I want to ask him about that and see uh, what he thinks is going on and actually who uh, or maybe even what actually is behind some of the stuff. So anyway, heads up on that. That's going to be a good show. I think it was good to uh, reach out and go a little deeper uh, than usual. Okay, guys, thank you so much for watching. We'll be back. Let me just check Odyssey real quick and Rumble. want to make sure we caught up to speed here. Uh, we have uh, Rotten Tootin uh, over on Odyssey. It says, good show. Keep up the work, brother. Thank you for the support. Appreciate all of you, uh, whether you're super chatting or if you're a member, we appreciate all of you. We'll be back with more soon. Keep fighting, stay brave, have, stay brave, and we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.